Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition is not going to be. I know it ain't going to be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleek walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was greeted by Heather B Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right, rehearsing Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, show already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps, I'm Big Head Joe. Yo Holder, I'm Stephen Marshall. <laughs> and we're, we are in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, fresh off of uh, day two of uh, Grand Prix Madison. And I said that in a way that would sound as though we played in day two of Grand Prix Madison, which we did not. Um, we both ended the day at 5-3. Um, with wins though What do you mean? We won in our last rounds We did win in our last rounds due to my opponent not showing up And uh, your opponent losing to you uh, But I did get to play a game in the last round with my like Because Brian Kowal was kind of caddy corner to me uh, And his opponent didn't show up either So I was like, you want to play? I was like, yeah, let me try this sideboard thing that I was like messing with so I just like went right into like this other deck that I was looking at in my pool uh, and played against him and got crushed, but that's okay. So yeah, we went up 5-3. We were actually going to play round 9 uh, just to kind of get the 9 rounds of experience in, and it turns out that uh, while Steven was in his round, he handed me a little pile of cards. He's like, hey, can you go sell these for me real quick? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I go over to the vendors and I go, oh yeah, I got a couple cards I want to sell too. So... I go up to the vendor, and I sell my cards, I come back, I hand him his money, and I go, oh crap, I sold one of the cards in my deck. <laughs> I was like, oh crap, I can't play now. So, well, so we both dropped. <laughs> we dropped, and it was actually, a, it was good. It was, a good it, was, it was a good thing that we didn't stubbornly play round nine, because there was no need to. We wouldn't um, have been able to wake up in time for the Super Sunday series sealed otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah glad we did that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? One of my favorite activities is taking $30 and just setting it on fire. That's uh, something I like doing. Apparently it is, because it's something I do almost every single time I go to one of these events and don't make day two. I go, oh, I'm going to piss $30 away, Super Sunday Series. I think my record in day twos, and let's not mention Dallas, because uh, we're not talking about actual day twos of the main event, uh, but my my record in like day two side events at GPs, it's something embarrassingly low. Like it's got to be like 
overall, like, 2 and 12 or something. Because, like, I don't think I've seen the third round of a uh, of a sealed <laughs> Super Sunday Series sealed. I don't know how that is, but I've, I don't think I've seen the third round. Um, I never do well in them. I'm, I'm not doing anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I've only done it twice. I've done it quite a few times uh, overall, but uh, I'm not doing it anymore. This is the last Super Sunday Series that I will ever play in because... I'm done. I mean, if I'm going to play inside events on day two of a GP, it's going to be drafts from now on. I'm just going to grind drafts uh, and and just do that because it's just in and out. You know, it's fast. If you lose, you can just be done and join another one. Or you can win and get some prizes. And I think that's great. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally tanked today. So did you. you. We both wound up 0-2. We both dropped. It was beautiful. Um, but let's start. Let's go back to the beginning. So, um, so we, we've had a, we've had a fun adventure, I'd say, over the last couple days. Um, we left Dallas Thursday around noon, and we took Mega Bus to Chicago. Um, we spent some time in Chicago. We got to go. Up to Wrigley Field, check that out. I got me a, a fresh new Cubs hat with the postseason logo on it. Hopefully, by the time this is a podcast nice. comes out, they will still be in the postseason. What a bandwagon jumper! Ah, oh, nah, man. Yeah, nah. if you were like, "Go Cubs!" Hope they win tonight. I was like, "Oh, I wasn't aware there's yeah, a game tonight." Yeah, it's our game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I needed a new hat. It matches my Everton jersey and um, my dad's uh, childhood best friend. Like from like you know elementary school all the way through high school uh, was uh, Mike Balecki, a uh, guy who pitched for the Cubs uh, for in the like the late eighties. He started his, his rookie year was eighty five with the Pirates. I think he played like eighty seven through like eighty nine or something with the Cubs, and he had like an eighteen win season with them. So he had a really good year. Um, shoulder injuries uh, and stuff kept him from sustaining that sort of momentum, but, uh, you know, he had one great year and it was with the Cubs. So I grew up a Cubs fan, you know, uh, so I got a new hat too. Yeah, you did actually. I I ordered a new hat. He, Steven got a new hat because, um, the mega bus was freezing cold. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really ridiculous. So we're coming from Dallas to, to Chicago and this AC is just blowing and blowing and blowing and they like for some reason the guy was like i don't know uh, i just it's a dallas bus yeah dallas bus only has air conditioning dallas bus only has air conditioning and it can't be off <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like dude you've got to be able to turn it off and somehow he figured it out i think maybe he got cold and then he was then he figured it out all of a sudden like oh yeah it's the button that says air conditioning he went rogue he did um so yeah, so we were freezing cold, and I barely got any sleep on the Megabus, which was really annoying, because I had hoped to at least get some sleep in there. Um, but no, anyway, so we went. We saw Wrigley Field, um, we went to this really awesome pizza place, do you remember the name of it? Dino's. Dino's! Demos. Demos! Demos! We went to Demos Pizza, and we had, uh, it, it didn't have Chicago style, which, we're which gonna, is garbage. Which, which Steven says is garbage, but I'm still going to have to have a slice uh, on our way back to Dallas. 
Um, but uh, Demos, the two slices I had were a macaroni and cheese pizza and uh, chicken and waffles. And then you had the chicken and waffles and the Philly cheese steak, right? Yep. And they were both incredible. They were awesome, awesome slices of pizza. So that was a great place. If you're ever in Chicago by the stadium, you should check out Demos. We almost did what my buddy Tim calls a B2B, which is when you have a full meal at one restaurant or fast food place, yep. and then you immediately go to another fast food place or restaurant and have a second meal. Uh, he did that so much in college, he came up with a name for it. Wow. So he's so like, that's a B2B, man, because I, I think I did that. I went to like McDonald's and then Taco Bell one morning. He's like, yeah, you did a B2B. So what's that? He told me. I was, oh, man. Gross. So yeah, so we almost did a B2B and went right over to this place called Lucky's that sells gigantic sandwiches. We almost split a gigantic sandwich right after that. But then uh, I think sense got a hold of me, plus the fact that I was actually full from the two slices of pizza. So we did not do that. Uh, we also got to go to Millennium Park, see the bean, which I guess that's a thing. That was weird. <laughs> I don't know why that's a thing. but it's reflective. It was kind of cool. Uh, but it was. But anyway, like really though, like Chicago was just for the brief time we were there, it was just really cool to see the city because I'd never had a chance to. Cleanest alleyways in America. That's what you say. <laughs> I didn't actually notice. Um, but we're going to go back uh, on the way back tomorrow. Uh, we'll spend another four hours or so in Chicago before our Megabus returns us to Dallas. Um, but anyway... Uh, we'd spend a little time there, and then we took the Greyhound over to Madison. You hated the Greyhound. <laughs> Four hours on the Greyhound made you just... I was this. off. I was like, this isn't too bad on the Megabus, and then the Greyhound, and then it just broke me. It broke me. I don't understand, but... Uh, <laughs> I was stuck on this... Like, I was replaying Chrono Trigger, uh, and, like, there's this... I didn't realize there's like, a save point next to this boss... So I kept going to the boss and playing it, dying, and then having to replay an entire dungeon each and every time that I just noticed that there was, like, because the lighting wasn't too good on the Greyhound, <laughs> there's a save point by the boss. So I replayed the same boss plus dungeon, like, four times, and it's driving me insane. Well, that's what it was. It wasn't the damn Greyhound bus. <laughs> it was the fact that you were in, like, Tiltland in RPG world. That's the worst. Like, that, that, that can get so frustrating sometimes. So maybe maybe don't play Chrono Trigger on the way back. I'm gonna. <laughs> um, well, anyway, uh, we're sitting right now in the living room of a Mark Rosewater's house of a house. No, <laughs> of a house in. that we rented on Airbnb, and it's the first time I've ever used Airbnb. And I've got a buddy in San Francisco who's got a lot of complaints about Airbnb and about. Corrupt just landlords. Like a, just product placement? Are we, getting, are we getting paid for all this? I hope so. Jeez. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of complaints about the, the, the business model and where it's caused a lot of landlords, especially in like San Francisco, um, to just do really scummy things like push people out so they can convert their uh, homes into Airbnb rentals. That's, you know, that, that sucks. But they're just pushing people out. Yeah, (laughs) rents are rents are high there. They just want to push people out. Yeah, you know, San Francisco's got a crazy. I mean, I don't even know what the deal with San Francisco is. Except that, like, I don't know why anyone would ever want to live there because of just how ridiculous the rent is. Um, But there's like a lot of uh, poop. People defecate on the streets more there than other cities. 
That's true. That's fabulous. <laughs> there's a uh, if you want to see, there's a GIF and it shows the uh, fecal activity um, by location <laughs> in San Francisco. It's like this ever evolving heat map, and you can see where it's all like occurring. It's it's very active. That's really ridiculous. Yeah. So um, if if you're thinking to yourself, "Hey, San Francisco smells like human waste," it's because it is. It does. <laughs> it is of human waste. Yeah. Um, Beautiful city, though. Really? Yeah, never been. I've uh, never actually been to the West Coast before. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, we're, this is awesome. Like, we're just like, we have this house to ourselves all weekend. House party! Yeah, as house party as two people practicing Pajama sealed. Jam. Two people practicing sealed late into the night. On a Friday night could be. Mm. Uh, we had an awesome uh, or interesting way of practicing sealed that I came up with where we took two pools and we each uh, registered a deck and then we, without looking, we did them in separate rooms and then we like kind of randomized the pool. I sorted mine, you shuffled yours, but either way, we didn't know what the deck started as and then we swapped pools and then registered another deck. So we each had a deck built from the same pool, and then we played each other uh, with the uh, with the decks that we had built, and um, that was interesting. I think we got some good uh, some good practice in from that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, it was cool to see like the differences. We're not going to go over all that right now, but like it was cool to see like the differences in the builds and like why one of us would go with something versus another thing. Like Stephen, I think. Just knew, like, I'm kind of on this plan where flyers are amazing. Yeah. And um, and so I've been, like, really trying to heavily rate, like, rate very favorably flyers over other things. And so Steven, I think, built the, the pool that I built a flyers deck with differently just to because he knew I would build flyers. Uh, yeah, I think I went blue-black instead of blue-white. Right, because you knew I would throw every shadow glider and every courier griffin uh, in my deck, which is exactly what I did uh, all weekend, as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, but uh, anyway, we, we, we got there Saturday morning, and uh, we had a buy each, and we built our decks. I thought my deck was amazing. Like, I thought it actually was. I mean, looking at this deck on paper, and I'll just run this whole deck down. Uh, Cliffside Lookout, uh, Expedition Envoy. Which just doesn't sound like the best start in the world, but uh, but there are some payoff cards to having the the uh, the uh, allies in there. Uh, two shadow glider, one encircling fissure, three courier griffin, two core castigators, one tandem tactics, one hero of Gomafada, one serene steward, uh, one core blade whirl, one McKindy slide runner, one retreat to Valakut, two Valakut predators. One Stone Fury, one Shatter Skull Recruit, one Resolute Blade Master. Uh, then I had two Evolving Wilds, a, stands, a Sandstone Bridge, and a Spawning Bed. And I'm pretty sure my lands just went 7-7 seven, seven split on the 14 basics, so around 18 total lands. Um, that just felt like an awesome deck. I mean, it just, on paper, just looked really powerful. Um, now, I think that, like, the problem I kept having was that, you know, this deck has no rares. I'm not sitting there going, rares are good bombs, so it must be nice. Uh, Hero of Gomphod is rare. Oh, yeah, it is. That's right, it is a rare. 
Um, okay, so I had a uh, rare. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, there's one card missing from that. It's a uh, Dragon Master Outcast. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty big one. Okay, never mind. Okay, so I lied. Um, <laughs> but uh, the thing that, that kept happening to me was that, um, like, the 2-1 and the 1-1 that pumps the team both got outclassed very quickly. Oh, yeah. I'd say even the even the 3-1 Castigators eventually um, got outclassed. They don't attack through anything. They don't really, do no. they? Anything blocks them prop like like Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't too happy with them. Now obviously like if I have the first strike ally out, they get a lot better. But I don't feel like I had the I feel like I had the first strike ally out like once or twice all day. <laughs> yeah, core castigator I think we're building draft S because core castigators probably good in draft, and I think it's just mediocre to bad and sealed. Yeah, you know, that might actually even be the problem. Like you know, sealed deck. It's, I wouldn't say it's bomb reliant, but like you've got things like like I didn't put. Um, I had the six uh, six vigilance in my pool, but I didn't put it in my deck because like I had no Eldrazi spawns. That's just silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, and there were things like that where I was like, well, that doesn't really fit the theme, you know? Like, and I think that like worrying too much about that and about like some sort of theme or making something like that work just isn't always the best plan. I think that like there are so many colorless cards that just, you know, are big things that you could actually cast. Yeah. That's six, six vigilance for six is just better than like, it's like a bigger guy than the uncommons in almost every color. Yeah, no, it's right. And, uh, and I think that it wound up... And it, the one thing you'll notice from me reading that deck list is... Where's the removal? You know what I mean? I had, like, a Stone Fury, right? Where the boy at? <laughs> what happened Where to, Wallace at? What happened to that boy? Um, stone Fury... Was there another removal spell in my entire deck? There's, like, Encircling Fissure. It's Quasi's. Qua- yeah, somewhat. That's it. That was yeah. the only removal. So, that... Whoops. Well, I think the thing is, is that we're building, we're using draft deck aggro cards in the sealed deck, and that's an issue, because unlike draft, you're much less likely to have, like, just a linear aggro plan. You need cards that are able to continue attacking on turns that are later than three. Right. And so, like, white, like, all those all those allies just aren't doing that. Even the 2-2 first striker doesn't do that, the 3-1 doesn't do that, the 2-2 that makes... Uh, that gives you a plus one, plus one counter when you gain life. That doesn't do that. Right. Um, that's why, like, red-green is a much better aggro archetype for sealed than, like, red-white allies is in draft. Yeah. Red-white allies in uh, sealed doesn't really work out as well. Um, because, like, green-red, at least, like, a McKinney slide runner attacks through and gets damaged through for several turns. A Valakut Predator gets damaged through for, like, five or six turns. Yeah. Um, so you have this aggressive deck. And the creatures are just relevant for more turns when you're attacking. Um, that's why you saw people playing like um, that Whiptail, the four two with first strike. Hmm. Like that just swings through so many things. Yeah, it does, um, doesn't it? Huh. So like when you're building a sealed aggro deck, I feel like red and green are the colors you want to be in. White is much less so because it's just hard to get a critical mass of two drops to actually make it relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that I think that playing white might have been a mistake. Um, I, I, I now to be fair though, I didn't like. So I had I had some 
okay stuff in black, but it was also, it was basically more ally synergies, mm-hmm. you know? And that's actually what I tried to do was I tried to do like a black, white allies kind of plan. Um, when I played my very last round, when I, you know, when I got my free win, but played against Brian Kowal, that was the deck that I sided into to try to play. It had like, Two of the uh, the ally that drains for one. It had one of the Zulaport Cutthroat. Is that the name of the card? That yeah, these are not good sealed cards. No, none of them are. Yeah, that's, I yeah. think that's the these thing. Are, those are decent draft cards, but they're not good sealed cards. I think that, like, yeah, I, I think that my problem is I tested draft too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I played so much draft and so little sealed that I didn't have the experience... This was my literal first sealed event. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Other than the, no, that's right. You didn't even play the, uh, you didn't play the evening uh, solo sealed, did you? No. You just played two at a giant. That was it, right? Oh uh, no, I did. I did the sealed. No, that's right. You did the solo. I did a uh, sealed one sealed with the promo card. I guess that doesn't really matter. That's right. That's right. Most of the time, it's crap anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, so so not that much sealed experience, and it really, in hindsight makes me wish that that PPTQ would have fired, even though I know you couldn't go. Yeah. You know, or still. Moto could ever get their act together and have it or Moto could get their act together and have it released at the same time. It'd be really nice. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I could have gotten more sealed practice in and that would have been very helpful. Um, but that's that's actually a really you know, I like hard lessons. I do. I like I like lessons that make me have to reevaluate how I approach things and just, you know, how I prepare for things and stuff like that. Like, uh, I got to the semifinals of a draft. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. I got to the semifinals of a draft at the Guild Mages and I just like rushed through the last turn, which should have been the last turn of the game. Oh, you did mention this. Yeah, I did. I rushed through it and I wound up putting my <laughs> opponent to one life instead of killing them. You did that to me too. Did I do that to you when we were playing? Uh, when we were playing in draft, this team draft, yeah. Um, and you had the swarm surge. That's right. And you didn't swing with everyone. You only swung with the two flyers. I thought you had enough stuff on the ground that they, I would have had a chump block almost everything. That's true. Yeah. So we only swung with your two flyers. So I was able to turn against, uh huh, and then block and then kill them both and then win from there. Yeah. But if you swung with everybody, um, I would have had to chump block a ton. I'd have no board after that. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, like, if you think it's the last turn of the game, you can afford to take an extra, like, 30 seconds and figure everything out and know if it's the right, you know, the right plan or not. Um, so that was a hard lesson that I learned. And and I'm glad I learned it because, of, well, apparently I didn't learn from it. From that. <laughs> but, uh, but I actually did, like, it did come up at one point during this Grand Prix where, mm-hmm. like, I was like, okay, I think I have the win. And I was like, okay, well, let's stop and let's look at everything. Let's make sure we have the freaking win before we go charging in. And I did. I stopped. I looked at everything. And I went, all right, it's good. Swing. And he's like, okay, got it. You know what I mean? And, and so it was actually, it did work. It did apply. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's still, I'm working and learning every week. And I think that, like, one of the things I learned today is that, you know, yes, practicing draft is great. Practicing draft is useful. But there are different 
approaches to both formats. Like, not everything that works in... If a card is great in draft, it doesn't mean it's going to be great in sealed and vice versa. You know, I think that, like, practicing for the format you're going to be playing and learning that format and not just, like, learning an aspect of the limited environment and, like, and applying that to everything, you know? Each, each format has different cards that are better or worse depending on the format. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a good lesson to learn. And, you know, next time, you know, going into Atlanta, I'm going to practice a lot more sealed, you know? I'm going to practice a lot more sealed. Because I'm doing drafts every week now at the Texas Guild Major, so I have plenty of opportunities to practice draft. I think that's fine. So I think that, like, practicing sealed is going to really be the way to go for me. So, cool. Well, that's, that's a really good thing to learn. Yeah, so anyway, that's pretty much that's pretty much my day. <laughs> I built a deck that looked great, but got outclassed by uh, big things and things that just are better in the sealed environment. Yeah, that's just the story of my day. So, uh, <laughs> tell me a bit about your deck and uh, how that all went down. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some rares for you. <laughs> We've got Aligned Hedron Network. Yes, Desolation Twin. Uh huh. Bring to light. Yup. Prairie Stream. Yup. Shrine of the Forsaken Gods. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> oh no, I had Ord Refighter too. Right, right. Those are my those are my rares. No, I didn't end up playing I, I ended up playing one of them, Aligned Hedron Network. And my thinking along those lines was that I like the deck I ended up playing only had two cards that'd be hurt by it. So I thought it would be, you know, advantageous for me. Uh, it just it did not end up coming up like almost at all, and I sided it out every single time. Uh, this was one of the like not best pools on earth. I would give it like a three out of ten, maybe. Um, and I just ended up making like a black white semi flyers removal theme. Like there's nothing like this. Just was just like just like a bunch of filler. <laughs> like the best card in my deck was probably Angel of Renewal. I would say, mm-hmm. um, which was was good. Um, Deathless Behemoth I played as well. I think I had a Ruin Processor in there somewhere. <clears throat> the highlight of the deck was Sheer Drop, um, Complete Disregard, um, and uh, Grip of Desolation was really good as well. Yeah, Gideon's Reproach, right? Yeah. Um, so you had good removal. The removal was decent, and I just had just random creatures. Good basically. removal, evasive creatures, not much synergy. No synergy yeah. and not really good creatures, and they were a little slow. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just try to do what you can with it. And um, uh, the only real major misbuild was not including the Align Hedron Network. And also, I probably said that I would have played the, um, gosh, it's three and a black with Awaken, discard two. Yeah. Myers Malice. Yeah. I think I would play that in its place. Um, so you, you think that that card is really good? I think it's good and sealed okay. for what people are trying to do. Everyone's got Eldrazi. It seems like, um, if you just have a bunch of random, like three drop, four drop flyers, like that's just a good thing to do to get their last two cards. that are usually pretty good hmm. in this environment. I like it. Um, cause there's not a ton of bombs at four and below other than like, what's the awaken cost and the awaken number it's that that part's not impressive i mean it's just upside but it costs six and the awakens three okay just so curious it's, it's reasonable yeah um 
Yeah, so I, the the sealed. I, I just wanted to see like what I could get out of the, you know, what I could wring out of the pool, um, and I did. I did okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like for for as good as I felt about my deck. By the time we got to round five, uh, you were at four one, and I was at three two, wondering what the hell happened. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like I honestly yeah, I don't we know. Both. I don't honestly don't know how. Like I was winning games. Um, I think a lot of it was that a lot of people were getting like super greedy on their mana bases in the sealed format. I think, but like, yeah, that's all I'm seeing. I'm seeing so much of that. Like I was taking notes on my opponent's deck in round two of the super Sunday series. And it was like Naya plus he had the blue land that like comes into play tapped and keeps something tapped for a turn. I was like, is this four color? What is this? Yeah. I feel like I saw a third color out of the probably eight out of 10 opponents that I played. I mean, yeah, it, it depends. Well, especially like Pilgrim's Eye and all the green cards. Mm-hmm. If you're green or you have Pilgrim's Eye or Evolving Wilds, it's really not that hard to to splash like, like a good card. I didn't have anything worth splashing. Like I, I could splash blue completely plain, uh, painlessly. Um, painlessly. It'd be painless to splash blue. It'd be easy. Free splash. Uh, but I just didn't have anything in blue worth splashing. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people just really go hard on the on multiple colors. They just wanted to play all their bombs, which is what you should be doing in sealed if it doesn't uh, start costing you games in terms of like your mana base. Right. So basically, I was just beating people because I had like a clean mana base, a clean curve, and some random removal, and then I'd just kill you with random two, three flyers, which is like um, it's 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 easy to disrupt if you have something you know really powerful that you actually stick, but. Like, I was just, I was preying off of people getting greedy. Right. Um, and, you know, when they hit their mana, then, yeah, they're going to play better spells than me and just destroy me. Right, right. Um, like, that was one of my losses was, uh, it was a base green-white deck, I think, and a splashing blue and red for uh, Brutal Expulsion that they had uh. two of. Um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm just running two islands. And so, you know, when they get there... You're gonna, you're gonna get. I mean, a a, a medium deck is gonna get stomped. Um, I made, I made it competitive, but yeah, I mean, if you if if you play all of your rares and they're good rares, and you get there with the mana, you're just you're gonna have a better experience, right? <laughs> than playing, than making uh, compromises and playing like you know Nirkana Reverence and stuff like that, right? Right. Well, we're oh Nirkana Revenant is a really good card. Oh, I'm talking about the two three. I know. I was like, that's actually a, a different card. Oh gosh, I'm talking. No, yeah, I'm talking about the two three that gets death touch when you gain life. Right, stuff I know like what that. You mean. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I feel like I got punished for not being greedy enough. Like, if you have something to be worth getting greedy I don't, for, I don't even know. Like, if it's tr- if I did, but like, I just really felt like. You know, I played against so many decks that were just running like three colors, and and mm-hmm. and and we're just getting there. And and I don't know. It's it's like I'm so disciplined at this point to like play two colors to do all. You know what I mean? To not yeah. not splash, not ruin my mana base, just to try to have a consistent deck. That like maybe maybe that's incorrect here. You know, it I might be. I don't know if the if the power disparity between the really good cards and the medium cards is so great that it's just worth it. Like we were looking at some of those um, undefeated day one decks, and oh, I can't remember the guy's name. One of them had 
was splashing. It was four color, right? And it was uh, it was splashing green off of five forests. No, it was, it was only three colors, okay. but it had five forests for like five or six green cards, including uh, Tajur War Collar, which is double green. double green. And yeah, it was a five, six, seven mana base, which just. I could not even. I don't know. I, that, that's something I I can't even do, and I'm used to like I, I splash all the time. And that's a deck that went nine zero. Went nine zero, and, and then there were several Esper decks that went nine zero. Yeah, some of those decks had really solid mana. Though. Like they'd have like an Evolving Wilds plus uh, Pilgrim's Eye. Yeah, and to splash two blue cards, which is fine. Yeah, I think I, I think that is just fine. Yeah, but that some of them were like real head. Like a couple of them were were head scratchers. Most of them were. Most of them were solid two colors. Yeah, uh, the, the Esper ones had good mana just because of uh, Evolving Wilds and Pilgrim's Eye. But that one, the one, um, I guess that would be Bant, Green, White, Blue. Yeah, it just that one did not make any sense to me. I was not sure how they were getting there with that. Um, yeah, because it was five green sources, six blue sources, seven white sources, and they were running like a significant number of green cards, including a double green red card, which just didn't make any sense. Um, so I had like my my base just like a green um kind of like it was like a white black control deck except I didn't really have any I didn't have any finishers other than like ruin processor mm-hmm. or angel of renewal if that's really a finisher I'm not sure um but I just had like I just, I just had removal that's why I call it control and it's just you know it's just a curve it's just a, it's just just the best <laughs> fit I could make but I did have like a sideboard plan to side into a white red deck which had sixteen lands. And it was either eight or nine two drops, but there's literally every two drop in this color. Like it ran three reckless cohorts, <laughs> and so my plan was if I lost game one or I won game one and lost game two, I, I would only bring this deck out if I knew I was going to be on the play, right? And just try to just completely just just blitz into them, um, and it worked like seventy five percent of the time, huh? Uh, so it wasn't a bad plan. So yeah, I just had to like. Uh, I, I wanted to, I, I enjoyed the challenge of trying to ring, uh, a day two out of like a very poor sealed pool, which is possible. You can do it. If you play really well, you get, you catch a few breaks. It's more than possible. Right. Um, and you know, I mean like I, I, I went five and three, which is not bad. Uh, and I beat, you know, multiple Gideons, multiple, uh, Obnixiluses with just a pile. <laughs> um, right. So, right. Um, you know, I, 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 I did I did misbuild a little bit, a little bit more practice with sealed. Like I'd never played with Line Hedron Network, so I just didn't know. Uh, but I, I, I gambled. And it's, like it's funny that like you say how bad it was for you. Yeah, it was just never good for what I, my deck was doing. Like to, today, I played in the Super Sunday series, mm-hmm. and I had um, I had several big creatures. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go bigger today because. I, I felt like I needed something bigger at the top of my curve uh, yesterday. So I actually put in the 8-drop, eight 8-9 eight, trample, mm-hmm. right? Um, I put in the uh, Breaker of Balaged or whatever, the 7-5, yeah. Exile 2 Permanence. Um, I had the Kozilek's Channeler in there. And, like, literally... Every single time I played that 8-9, the next turn my opponent went, well, I need to draw a network. Get rid of it. Like, the very next turn. Hmm. Never got to swing with it. You know? And, like, and it seemed very good. Actually, well, the one time he got my Channeler and my uh, my 8-9. Channeler? Kozilek's Channeler, the 4-4. Should. It's only 5. What? Yeah. 
That's it's right here. Align Hedron Network. Five. That's why it was so bad. If it hit fours, it'd be really good. Power five or greater. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you just got scumbagged. Wow. Ah. Yeah, that's why I like Smite the Monsters, because four is good, and you want yeah. instant speed, because a lot of the time they're like doing some like Tajur Warcaller antics, and you're like, oh, well, this, this Hedron Network would hit them all, but only on my turn. Uh, not on not on not on my turn. It only hits them on the, oh, this sucks. Uh, like that's why Smite the Monsters is good because you can do it at like instant speed. So they pump right, and kill right. Um, I had to Smite the Monsters in my sideboard mm-hmm. for some reason. I, mean, I was so removal light with my red white deck that it should have been main deck just because I needed removal. Yeah, Aligned Hedron Network is just like a worse sorcery speed Smite the Monsters most of the time. Yeah, five uh, it's five. Yeah, that's why four would be huh. really good. I would really like that card if it was four. But yeah, five is um, most people are not running that many targets. Wow, I got scummed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's wow. why I was like sitting there with this card. I'm like, this is not hitting anything on their board. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's not cool at all. But anyway, RTFC, bro. Yup, pretty much. That's another hard lesson. We just had another one live on the podcast. Yup. Yep. Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but a little more um, practice with Seal just so you can get some more reps with like the different rares and time to like actually talk about some of them um, would have helped with, especially the Lion Heat Run Network. That shouldn't have been in my deck. But I wanted to play at least one rare. Sure. I think sure. I was clinging too much to the thing where it's like you should try to play your bombs. Right. Although a line hedron network is not a bomb, but I was just thinking like, well, if it doesn't hurt me, it must be good. Yeah, um, but that's not the case. It just doesn't. It doesn't hurt anyone. Right on. It's just harmless. It's just sitting there. <laughs> okay, so um, so I just real quick run down my day two deck. Um, my uh, Super Sunday Super series. Super Sunday series sealed, sealed shenanigans flag. deck. Uh, Kozilek's Channeler. That cannot be exiled with the Lion Hedron Network. Uh, Beast Caller Savant, Felidar Sovereign, Sheer Drop, Angelic Gift, Tajuru Ward Caller, a full complement of three Blister Pods. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we disagreed on that one. Yeah, we did. Uh, retreat to Kazandu, Andu Great Horn, Ghostly Sentinel, uh, Smite the Monsters with a second one in my sideboard, Brood Monitor, Natural Connection, um, two Shadow Gliders. Uh, Territorial Bailoff, two Courier Griffins, Bane of Balaged, Eldrazi Devastator. So, you know, a bit bigger. Um, the one thing I, I, I actually did not like Tiju Warcaller. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, not in that Not deck. in this deck, no. It was one of those cards, it's such a good card, I was like, put it in the deck, you know? You know? Meatloaf? Uh, put it in the pizza. But, um, you know... So I just what kind of ramp did you have other than the blister pods? Um, I had the Kozilek Channeler. Okay, I had the Beast Caller Savant. Oh, that's a good card, right? Um, the uh, the Brood Monitor, which is you know big. I mean, so you already need to ramp into that really. Uh, natural one natural connection. Okay, that's sufficient. So it was okay. It wasn't the best. I wish I could have had a little more ramp, but uh, it was what it was, and I and I ran. The green white, and uh, I mean, obviously, it didn't go well. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I did I win the match that I got rid of my Kozlex channel or two? I think I may have won that game. 
Oh, okay. So I still won that game, but yeah, wow. I'm kind of, I wouldn't say salty, but lesson learned. Um, but yeah, it, it, and like, yeah, it just, didn't, it just didn't go well. It just did not break for me. Um, we looked at my pool. I, I was like, Steven, what would you do with this? Mm-hmm. Then you kind of came up with a black red deck, but that didn't even look good. It didn't, it wasn't uh, especially appealing, but the reason it wasn't was because it was like mono three drops. Which yeah. doesn't like doesn't aesthetically look good because you're used to like a, a, a much different curve than that. But that might be something you can get away with in sealed. I don't know. Uh, it'd be something you have to test out. I just don't. I have no idea. Um, but it seemed it seemed like you were running a higher average card quality if you did that. Even though the the curve would have been bad. But I mean, running running too many three drops I think is better than. Well, a blister pod's lower on the curve. And I'm like, oh, it's not. I don't think it's good. Right. So I'd rather just run a card that does something. Well, what, what and I have a bad curve. The reason why I had the blister pods in there mm-hmm. was they were basically walls. Okay, I had them in there as walls. They're stat- not. They're not walls. They're fogs. No, okay. for one creature. You're right. They're fogs that turn into a ramp spell. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much why I had them in there. It was so I could block with them once. Get a get a one one. I mean. Obviously, I would have wanted more things that made uh, uh, scions, but I didn't have them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to go with what I had because I was trying to power out the bigger things at the top of my curve, which there weren't that many. I don't know; it wasn't a great deck, and, and, and I knew it wasn't a great deck when I built it. I just knew, uh, but I got you got you got to put it together and play the matches. And I played a couple, and I knew that I was done for the day. <laughs> I was like, that's it. We can't do this anymore. Um, but I think that I think that just uh, I just think I need to change my approach to this sealed format, and I got to do it quick because yep. here comes Atlanta next month. So, um, but I'm I'm glad I got the experience today in both events, regardless of how the records wound up. Um, glad I was able to uh, to actually play in both. And to see how it goes. But I'm out on Super Sunday Series now. No more. Never again. And never, ever, ever. I'll probably do it again. I definitely won't. Uh, so, uh, do you have your deck from uh, from Sunday? I mean, because you, you, yeah, you did not have a good day either. No, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I liked my deck a lot more. It was much better. There's multiple cards that are better than anything in my uh, Saturday deck. Um, so it was basically just blue, black, uh, devoid and a little bit ingest sub theme. The highlights were a uh, ruinous path, drowner of hope, uh, wind rider patrol, um, uh, even bone splinters, which is absolute removal return to coral home, which was actually really great. Um, it really is great flood insurance, even though I still flooded through, through the retreat to coral home, but I guess I would have flooded like much worse because I was just like scrying lands at the bottom. With my hitting my landfall, scribe to the bottom, hit my landfall, scribe to the bottom. Um, that one was uh, a little unfortunate. I think I saw all but three lands in my deck, and like my deck was still like really big, which was really discouraging because I'm like, okay, here comes the gas. Um, <laughs> had a grip of desolation, I'll draw some sky spawner, wasteland strangler, which is actually really good. Uh, a complete disregard. So just some, it was just a good blue black deck. It was solid. Uh, round one, I just uh, mulled to five game one and then didn't see a blue source the whole game. Uh, and then game two, yeah, that was the one where I saw all my lands. Um, and still made it relatively competitive, but just kind of just ran out of steam. 
So I lost there. Uh, round two was competitive, and I actually could have won game three, but I made one wrong scry with uh, Retreat to Coral Home. I had a Grip of Desolation in my hand, and I had a Ruin Processor in my hand, and I had six lands, or I had five lands. I played a land, scryed, and there was a Wasteland Strangler on top. Uh, and that's the 3-2 two for two and a black. Uh, process one, target creature gets minus three, minus three. And my opponent had a Mind Raker and the the one-drop Sentinel, the black one that you can pump. I can't even remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sludge Strider or something. Sludge something, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, I don't have anything in exile. I'll scry that to the bottom because I want to land because I have six for Grip of Desolation, and then I want another land for Ruin Processor, and then I'll be good to go. Like, I'll win the game from there. But I was at a pretty low life. I was at, like, six. And I didn't really have a board. So, um, or I think I had one thing that I needed to chump block with, essentially. Like, it wouldn't trade up with either of those two creatures. So I scried that to the bottom, which was just a mistake. Because yeah. what I should have done was I grip a Desolation, one of those creatures. Uh, he had a Coslex Channeler. That's what I was going to grip a Desolation. That would have actually exiled something. I forgot that part. And then the next turn, I play the Wasteland Strangler. Um, he was tapped out at that point, I believe. And I could uh, minus three, minus three, the sludge. Uh, chump block, the, not chump block, but just trade with a Mind Raker. And then I have all the time in the world, because he'd have an empty board at that point, to just draw my seventh land, get the Ruin Processor online, and essentially win the game. Yep. Um, but I was not, I, for some reason, just didn't see that. I was too focused on, like, if I get this seventh land, I win the game. Um, so I was like, I want that seventh land. And it's like, well, how about I just do this play where I have several turns to win the game instead of a turn to win, <laughs> yeah. to win the game. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I did that and I, I still, like, I still could have drawn any creature to block <laughs> to live another turn or, uh, or removal spell. Cause that was all that was left in my deck. Um, except for one card, which was Myers Malice, uh, because I, I had six, but six lands and I couldn't do the awaken and leave up a land to, to block with. Yeah. So it was like, I had like a one outer to to die next turn and that was it and if you know you know how these things are these hard lessons go you know you draw you draw it and you learn your lesson yep uh so i could have won that that was a misplay i think i think i think part of it was like i was playing a little looser um first because i cared a lot less about the sunday series than uh the gp so sure, uh, sure. i wasn't playing nearly as tight or i wasn't nearly as focused it was an hour earlier uh that too and I think I relaxed a bit because I had a much better deck than the day one of the GP. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have cards that can actually win the game here. Uh, I don't need to play, I don't need to outplay my opponents. They're idiots and will misplay, misplay and misbuild their deck. Surely I will win, for I am better. Uh, like, whereas day one, I'm like, okay, they're going to come at you. They're going to have better decks. Like They could just have a random assortment of cards from a sealed pool. It's going to be a better deck than yours. You're going to have to, like, you know... Just use every part of the buffalo here to, to, right. get your, to get your win. So I was like super locked in. Uh, where, you know, I was like I was switching up colors when I had to, when I was on the play, like versus on the draw, just everything. This deck, I was just like, I got it. No problem. This deck is going to run people over, <laughs> even though it doesn't have any like it doesn't have any, it doesn't have like an obnixless or anything in it. Right. It just has solid removal, uh, solid creatures and decent synergy, which was like just miles <laughs> better than my day one deck. Mm-hmm. So I totally relaxed. Um, and um, round one, I just didn't get to really play Magic. Round two, 
uh, I had competitive games, and I had the win, and I took a line where I did not get the win, and that was my fault. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so I don't feel too bad about that. That's something that I could just uh, either play the event if you want to win it, because <laughs> um, I actually didn't really have it in my mind when they said it was nine rounds. I did not have that in my heart. I, I searched my heart and knew I didn't have nine rounds in me for yeah. the Sunday series sealed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I'll, you know, let's start to get some wins here. And like, but I was not like, all right, we're in it. Whereas day one, I'm like, I'm playing, I'm playing these rounds. I'm gonna play these rounds. Right, like, right. Like I have, I have every intention of playing through to round nine, so I make day two. Super Sunday series, like we'd still be playing right now. I think um, <laughs> that was not that was just was not in my heart. I looked in my heart, and it's not in there. Uh, and if so, it, if I know going into it that that's not that's the case, that shouldn't be in that event. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. Um, so, and I made one wrong scry, and that made the difference. But hmm. yeah, what can you do? Well, you can make a better scry decision. That's what you could do. Yeah, yeah. You could also decide not to play in a nine round event that you have no intention of playing nine rounds in. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, I think that just in in general, the the Super Sunday series is just too long. And, yeah, and just too much work for too little reward. If it was GP Dallas or something, then probably. I just still think just grinding drafts is the way to go. I think that just hitting up those drafts on day two, if you're gotta do side events. Like I told you and Peter though, Atlanta, my wife's coming to Atlanta with me. If I scrub out of the GP, I'm gone. Y'all ain't gonna see me the rest of the weekend. You know, it's gonna be wife time. Like yeah. <laughs> for the rest of that weekend. I mean, obviously, you know, if we want to all go out to dinner or something, that's different. But like, as far as magic goes, the moment I am statistically eliminated from the Grand Prix, it, magic is over. You know, so that's gonna be the case. And hopefully, if she travels with me to more events, that'll be the case too. Because honestly, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not play more Magic on Sunday, but we're here. It's not like Dallas where we could be like, well, let's just go home. Okay, let's go, you know, like, and be done with it. We're here no matter what. Might as well get some Magic in, you know? Yeah. I, don't, I don't regret, for this particular event, I do not regret playing in the Sealed because next month is Atlanta. And I this is an awesome thing because it's never happened before where I've been able to play two straight Grand Prix that are the same exact format. I didn't count Detroit as the same format as Dallas because Team Sealed is a totally different animal. You're building totally different decks. Um, same card pool, different decks though, you know? So I don't really count that. Uh, but being able to play Battle for Zendikar Sealed into Battle for Zendikar Sealed and the fact that like most of the players I talk to here aren't going there. No. You know? And I think that's something that that's a huge advantage. Most of the people at GP aren't grinding sealed events on Modo. And that's something you can do. Right. Before before Atlanta at least. Right, right. Which I actually think we're going to play sealed tonight. Cause I was going to play draft tonight. Oh. But I think we're gonna go sealed tonight because I need the sealed practice. I wanted to draft. I'm playing we're gonna I'm play. over sealed. Uh we gotta do some sealed. Too we much got, sealed has got a bad taste in my mouth. Ugh. No, uh, we I think we'll take the lessons we learned and we'll taste, apply taste them to like sealed. Hops for some reason. Nah. <laughs> no, that's the beer uh, you've been filling yourself with since two PM. Uh, cheese curds. <laughs> and uh, cheese curds. Well, speaking of which 
This isn't going to replace itself. <laughs> Will you grab me a ginger beer? Sure, Grandma. <laughs> uh, now, I got to say, as always with these events, um, regardless of how we performed in the actual magic tournament, we have been crushing the food game. <laughs> We've been absolutely killing it. Um, there was an article called cleverly enough goblin guide and it was the guide to eating at gp madison um i don't remember the name of the author but it's one of brian kowal's friends because i asked him because brian kowal is a local hmm. um and uh, he works for uh, power nine games um and uh i asked him and i told him you know we were grabbing stuff off of that and he's like oh yeah it was my buddy's guide that he wrote you know so so pretty cool but uh, it actually came a lot in handy um, Friday night when we got here, we went to Dottie's Dumpling Dowry, uh, which oddly enough doesn't sell dumplings. No dumplings. Which is really strange, but, um, they had our, we got our first taste of the cheese curds. We had poutine fries with like beef gravy and cheese curds in the fries and we had burgers and the burgers were freaking amazing. Such good burgers. Um, so that, that was great. Uh, Steven, you said it was top 10 burger? All time. That's awesome. You've had, you've had your share of burgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's pretty friggin' sweet. Um, one of my top 10 all-time burgers was a burger from Abby's Burger Bistro in Baltimore. And it was three, it was two toppings. So it was, it was a burger patty on bread, and it had bacon and peanut butter. And it was one of the best burgers I've ever had. Tim apparently had a burger that was peanut butter and jelly hmm. on the burger. Um, and then uh, Saturday, uh, we went to Paul's Pelmeni, I think is how it's pronounced. I think so. And uh, they have three items on their menu. They have uh, potato dumplings, they have beef dumplings, and they have black bread, which makes dark rye bread. Um, and that was, that was incredible. So good. We hit that. We went to uh, Old Fashioned, and we had um, more cheese curds, many cheese curds, and we had a cheese plate. Yeah. Uh, we just had to do the whole cheese thing. I mean, we had to. We were here, you know? Um, but, man, that was way too much food. Um, and I found out that they make a – because we're in – we're in Wisconsin. We're near Milwaukee, uh, where Pabst is brewed. They actually make a Pabst non-alcoholic beer. I had to try it. I mean, it was like just the most random thing I've ever seen. So I had to have a non-alcoholic PBR, and it it tastes about like what that sounds like it would taste like. Uh, but it was cool that it existed. Um, most of the bars we went to, though, actually had Klosthaler, which is the tastiest non-alcoholic beer I think I've had. Um, the Beck's non-alcoholic's a close, is actually just solid and really good. Um, but the Klosthaler was awesome, as and several places actually had that stuff. And I'd never seen it other than one Whole Foods in Dallas. So really excited that, and it always makes me feel good when, uh, you know, places allow me to drink something that's Tastes better than piss and still doesn't have alcohol in it. So I like that. Um, But so anyway, yeah, so that was cool. And then uh, today 
We went to... OSS Madison. Thank you. OSS Madison. And um, we had... God, I had... <laughs> I got more cheese curds. I said I wasn't going to, but I lied. But they had buffalo sauce and blue cheese. I was like, I gotta try. I was like, why not? Um, and then I had a hot dog wrapped in bacon and deep fried... Um, with peppers and onions on it. Um, it was really freaking good. And then you had, what did you have? You had French onion soup and just a, just a jalapeno cheddar worst. Nice. And, uh, now we got a fried snicker bites. fried snicker bites for the dessert. It was like we were at the state fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a state fair meal. Um, it so was yeah, good. everyone's, uh, yeah, the, the food was fantastic. The people here were, uh, they acted like someone is tipping them for being so nice at the end of the day. I don't know. They're like, they're all extremely pleasant people. It was, it was a great experience. It was a great time. It was fun hanging out here. Um, it was a cool city. The only thing I have to say, the only thing I didn't like oh boy. was, um, being, in the actual downtown area, and it's just like a thousand college kids running around screaming, oh, I just had my first beer! Like, just like, just like 18 year olds unleashed on the public um, and just allowed to roam free. It was, it was a little obnoxious, and it kind of. It's disappointing to me. It's endearing. It's disappointing to me because, like, if you took that, like, college, like, college madness out of it, this may have been one of, like, the coolest cities I've ever been to. Like, you can't build a college town without college kids. Well, <laughs> That's, it doesn't work that way. Take the college kids out and it'll be an awesome yeah, town. Yeah, have this university where sober people are going to and learning. Yeah, well, brotherhood of sobriety somehow. What is college? College is a place to learn and oh, it's a place education. to get like just blown out of your mind. What are you talking about? <laughs> Going to go to college and read? We read okay. A, read yeah. a book. Sure. Learn a thing. Might be nice. Might be useful. What are you going to do at eleven? Though you're not reading at eleven. Sure you on are. Friday. Oh man, there's lots of good books. Now you're playing Magic at F and M. Well, there's only one good book. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, anyway, weekend was great. You know, mm, didn't win the things that we wanted to win. Looking forward to the pro tour. You didn't Shake. mention you up in an expedition in your. Uh, oh God, pools. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so I talked to a couple people that got expeditions in their sealed pools. Yeah. Across the board, terrible pools. Really? I feel like they had like a pool of expeditions that they opened up in the pre-registered ones, <laughs> and they're like, "All right, th- let's let's throw this guy a bone here. This is <laughs> this is not good. That would be that's ridiculous. I know that they wouldn't do they, that. They would not do that. But the person I talked to had four, and I mean, for money's sake, this is a great pool. But they had four of the dual lands yeah. for the rares. Yeah. Um. The the seven drop that where you gain life, your opponent loses life. Yes. Temple of the Forsaken Gods. <laughs> and that was it. That was the rares. <laughs> it was just like, 
that's pretty bad. He's like, yeah, but I got a foil Palua Delta. I got a Palua Delta expedition. Yeah. And that's like, that's how I was. I was like, yeah, I got a, I got an expedition. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. You got stomping grounds. Stomping grounds. Still, I'll take it though. They're, Still, they're yeah. very beautiful. And uh, yeah, there are, they are beautiful. And, uh, the sleeping special staff was kind enough to sleeve it for me. Pretty sleeved. Open it up. It was already sleeved. They nice. did. That was pretty cool. Um, and I got, yeah. And you know, something else we didn't talk about was, uh, this morning, we actually got to take part in the new uh, pool registration process. You did. Oh, that's right. You didn't because you got randomly handed a pre-registered pool. Yeah, they had leftover sleeping special pools for the Super Sunday Series sealed until like a quarter of the people had pre-registered sealed decks. Yeah, because they don't want, they're, they're useless to them. You know, open cards is pretty much, are pretty much useless to the TO uh, as opposed to packs. So, um... Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, but anyway, I got to take part in it. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I actually thought they did it wrong. You don't like it? No, no. I thought that they actually ran it wrong today. Oh, okay. Because I thought that the process was supposed to be one person opens their packs and you watch them open the packs, right? The other person watches them open the packs. Then you register that pool together. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was supposed to be that sort of thing. Yeah, and they have like and the strip then, search part, and then the next person opens their pool or opens their pool, and then you register that together. Like so, it's a collaborative thing. Whereas what happened was we opened a pool, they watched me open it, then I watched them open their pool, and then we swapped the pools and sat there and registered everything. Yeah, which I didn't like because what happened was you know. My opponent hands me back the pool. It's not alphabetized. There's a, there's a misregistered thing. You know, I think that if there was a collaborative thing for each pool, you'd get it right the first time. Well, you still have those problems under the original system. Yeah, but it, it, just, it just felt like... And then you had the one guy next to me. I watched him just hand over, like, randomized by color. I was like, you serious, man? This is so stupid. Like, I think if, like, you actually, like, took the time and, like, watched what the other person was doing to because I think that's where you need to actually pay attention yes Mm -hmm. you get to watch somebody open the packs or you get to open the packs and they watch you but then if you hand them the pool they have every opportunity to either take something out for instance if you're registering while they're registering somebody could take something out somebody could just you know whatever like if I'm watching them register the pool they have there's no opportunity for any funny business and I can go, hey, make sure you sort those before you give them back. You yeah. know, you can actually police that, and then you're not... That dealing- would take longer, though. Slightly. I don't even think it would take too much longer. Um, we should probably actually explain this. They switched the sealed pool registration policy for competitive REL events. So there's no more swapping pools. There's no more passing pools. So uh, people don't just drop because they opened a $20 card in a $70 event. They wanted to cut this off of the past because they knew anyone that opened up an expedition was basically going to drop. Was going yeah. to drop. Yeah. Because that's what you They did. didn't want to pass that pool. Right. It's stupid. I would pass it. I'd oh, pass, I'd pass it like a man. I'd pass the double expedition pool. I don't care. Um, but, you know, the person next to me, just a little anecdote. So there's like a separate section on the registration sheet for expeditions. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, like when I got the stomp, it had a little stomping ground just written in. Well, oh, this this poor 
poor woman next to me. They wrote in foil forest. So she saw there's something on the expedition thing. And, and she had, she's read, like, what does that say? Oh, <laughs> so sad. That's awful. Yeah, I know. You check, there's even a column for foil lands there's, now. Uh, it's just lands. Yeah. No, there's played and foil. There's actually two separate columns. Well, this person totally messed up the registration. They, they registered all the regular lands. What? So they opened, yeah, and then they put the foil forest in the expeditions part. So. Wow, that's that's a judge registering that. It is. That's problematic. That's scary. That's problematic. Hey, feel free to appeal. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. They should really know how to register a pool since they have to enforce people registering their They're pools the ones checking your decks. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Well, I know all the judges that I know personally uh, know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's yeah, that's such a bummer. God, that would be the worst. You look, because everyone looks. It's the bottom left-hand uh-huh. corner of the sheet. You're like, uh-huh. oh, what do we got? Oh. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, this was a good expedition overall, but uh, not with any sort of priceless treasures at the end of the rainbow, and we did what we could. Um, we made the trip you know, worthwhile. You, you mix your metaphors, and you, that's all you can do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Looking forward to the Pro Tour next week. That's right, next week is the Pro Tour. Try to shake up standard uh, from the tyranny of Jeskai Black and... Uh, four... four, four <laughs> com- so... so Week two, just mm-hmm. like I predicted, two decks in the top eight. Four color, friggin', I don't even know what it is. For four color, a four color deck, and green white megamorph, megamorph or bant megamorph. So basically, two archetypes mm-hmm. in the top eight. We've already devolved into two decks. We haven't even got to the pro tour yet, and I'm afraid that by the time we get to the pro tour, there's going to be like a perfect five color deck. Or four color deck, and then it's gonna just turn into what everybody plays. I think it's we're gonna, I think we're gonna be playing in a two deck format. That's not the for case the next at all. like four months. No, because I think they've developed the, the. I think I think development has gotten really good in terms of like how they position their standard metagames in terms of R and D. Um, yeah, I think if there's a five color deck that's amazing, then there's gonna be a mono red deck that just smashes it. Um, I think everyone was ready for Mono Red because it won the week before. Right. And the only the only real deck from week one of SEG was that green-white Megamorph deck, in my opinion. I think everyone else was just playing with, like, beta versions of decks. The green-white Megamorph deck was, like, it was ready to go. Right, It was right. streamlined. It was, doing, it was doing stuff. It had a plan, and it could do it, in, like, um, it had avenues of attack uh, in the early, mid, and late game. And we still just haven't seen that, but everyone saw that deck. And so now everyone's playing that deck, and then Jeskai Black is the is the other deck that's moderately it's not well Jeskai Black. Whatever, four color, screw green. I don't know. Right. Um, I think we have to wait until we'll defer until the Pro Tour. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not hopeful. I don't play standard anyway, but I'm really not hopeful for this standard. It looks like I might start grinding some standard PPTQ. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Playing a Tarka Red? Depends on what happens after the Pro Tour. Fair enough. That's going to define the metagame. Yeah, fair so enough. So that's what we're looking forward to. Right, right. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes down. All the pros were here this week. 
They were. That's right. Yeah, like They're- round uh, round f- round seven. Uh, to my left was Seth Manfield, and to my right was Paulo Vito Dondra. So like yeah. everyone's here. Yeah, they're all here. They're all getting ready for Milwaukee next week. But yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here and get ready to do the stream tonight. Woo. And uh, that's all we have for this week. So uh, until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start making America great again. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I rhyme through the doors. Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.